Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hi, this is Dr. Andy Barlow with the Chiropractic Physician Center of Tupelo and author of the number one best-selling book, The Code Breaker. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Then call my office at 662-844-1414 and order my new book, The Code Breaker. Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. Thank you for making the show a part of your day. Don't forget, follow me on Twitter at Michael Borky if uh, you're on that terrible, terrible platform. Anyway, it's good to be with you. Weather is amazing outside. I know that hurricane in the Gulf has strengthened. And uh, based on on the numbers and the stats I get, there are uh, a good bit of you that listen from the state of Louisiana. A lot of you also uh, in Texas as well have uh, some numbers in those two states. If you're in the path, uh, I hope everything goes well and you are safe as uh, Laura has increased to a Category 4 or will increase to a Category 4. Uh, I saw on the news just a little bit ago. So hope all of you are safe, uh, got everything locked up and ready to go, and uh, I wish you well uh, as that uh, apparently a terrible storm bears down on western Louisiana and eastern Texas. A few things to get to with you today. Ole Miss basketball has added uh, a staff member that made waves yesterday. You've got One SEC coach speaking out about illegal recruiting practices going on during a dead period. Uh, Speaking of that particular coach in that school, Will Wade, back in the news, uh, Mark Slaybaugh at ESPN, obtained some documents uh, that they posted this morning on ESPN. Not the documents themselves, but the story in relation to those. And uh, the NCAA is prepared to allege a lot of things about Will Wade and LSU basketball, and it kind of puts what I said a few podcasts ago um, to shame when I talked about them being made of Teflon. We're going to see how tough they really are. If Schleyball's reporting is accurate, uh, there's no way Will Wade or LSU is getting out of this, but we will see. Uh, Old Miss got a bump. One of their recruits got a bump in the rankings, and that uh, is another example of context for you that I'll get into in a little bit. Got some audio from Keydron Smith. Really looking forward to playing that for you. A really bright, insightful kid, and so uh, I'll have that for you later on in the podcast. And then the crowd noise discussion. Should artificial crowd noise be pumped into SEC stadiums this fall? I'll say no. I'll explain why coming up. But first, the podcast is brought to you every week by LB's just across from Kroger on University Avenue there in Oxford, stop by and get one of their daily lunch specials. Like I've said a few times now on this podcast, supporting your local college town small businesses is more important now than it's ever been, uh, and LB's is no exception. So go by and see Greg. Tell him we sent you. Uh, get your meat or your fish for Behind the Grill or one of their daily lunch specials. Again, across from Kroger, University Avenue, best place in Mississippi to buy your meat. That's LB's in Oxford. Ole Miss made the announcement yesterday that Marshall Henderson is back in Oxford in a kind of coaching capacity. So the release yesterday from Ole Miss, one of the most popular players in Ole Miss. Okay, they say one of the more popular players in Ole Miss basketball history. Let's revise that. It's not even close, guys. Marshall Henderson was the single most popular player in Ole Miss basketball history. Bar none, not even close. There is no second I know Gerald Glass was great. I know that Ole Miss has had a very small history, but there have been some good players that have come through the program. None of them came anywhere close 
to the profile and the national attention that Marshall Henderson brought to Ole Miss basketball. Nobody came anywhere close to what Marshall Henderson did and the mania that surrounded that dude. So Ole Miss has one of the more popular players in Ole Miss basketball history, returns to campus. Kermit Davis announced the addition of Marshall Henderson to his staff. Of course, he led Ole Miss to an SEC tournament championship in 2013. He will be a graduate manager for the staff. Um, I got a text from a friend yesterday, and apparently this is a, a sentiment online in message board land. I don't really venture uh, into that realm all that often, but apparently there are people that are worried about Marshall's pres- presence in the program. Like, oh, I don't know if you want that guy coaching the team. And I got a text from a friend last night that was like, I love Marshall, but I don't want him on Kermit Davis's staff. Like, I'm worried about what he would do. This is exclusively good. And on top of that, he's a graduate manager. He's getting a a master's degree, if I understand it correctly. Uh, That's what it is. It's not like he's going to have a whiteboard and he's going to be drawing up plays. And who knows what has changed in six years or seven years. I know I have changed a lot in six or seven years, but that dude was a great ambassador for your program. Yeah, he was goofy and he did some stuff. And did the Gator Chomp, more on that in a second, before a game was over and popped his jersey in front of Auburn students. And uh, I, I know, I, I know he's crazy. But it was very clear in his two-year career at Ole Miss where he shattered a bunch of records only playing two seasons that he genuinely loved your school. He loved it. You could tell. I, I mean, just listen to him talk about it. Or the way he acted when he was... Uh, in Oxford, when he was a player, and the way he describes it afterwards, in any interview that you can find on Google, the, the dude loves your school. And yes, he's goofy. Yeah, he's crazy. Or he was, anyway. But having someone with that kind of energy, that draws that kind of national attention, also clearly knows the game of basketball very well. Kermit Davis is not bringing anybody on his staff, even if it's just a graduate manager, Uh, that doesn't really, really know the game of basketball and can contribute to his program positively. Like, you think everything you know about Kermit Davis right now, and I'm mostly speaking to my my one buddy that texted me last night worried that this was going to be a toxic problem in the program. Everything you know about Kermit Davis right now, and you think that he would let somebody who won't help, who won't contribute into his program? Like, you honestly think that he would let somebody that's got problems that would bring problems into his program? I I don't buy that. Not on his coaching staff, anyway. You take risks with players, of course, but I I don't buy that at all. But having somebody like him, with his energy and his national profile, I mean, people around the country are going to want to hear from Marshall Henderson again. It's been seven years And an LSU blog, a really popular one, their SB Nation blog, said that Marshall Henderson coming back to the SEC is the most exciting thing to happen to SEC basketball since Marshall Henderson played. There's nothing but good that can come from this, especially when it's, like I said before, it's a guy that genuinely loves your school. He really does. You can't, and everybody, can't say that about all their former players. But he clearly loved it. So having a guy with his energy, his national profile, his attention that he brings, 
to your school and it's a place that he really truly loves, there is absolutely no negative to this whatsoever. And if you think Kermit Davis is going to allow someone that would bring toxic energy into his program to be on his coaching staff, I think you're crazy. I mean, yeah, he's got his quirks, but I've done a lot of growing up in the last seven years. I'm sure he has as well. And you as a fan should trust Kermit Davis and Keith Carter to to make sure that that's not going to be a problem. And I don't think it will. This is exclusively good. I can't believe there's any kind of dissension. It's a graduate manager. He's not going to be drawing up sets in the second half down by one with 35 seconds left. <laughs> I, I don't get it. But I actually, I do. I understand why Ole Miss fans are skeptical of things because you guys have been burned time and time again. But the way Kermit Davis is running this program, I mean, Ole Miss is in like the final two of a five-star forward. I mean, he's elevated the recruiting profile. He has made the NCAA tournament in his first year with a team that had no business making the NCAA tournament. Like, I know they had Terrence Davis, and he's an NBA player on it, but still, that team and that program was not in the shape to make a tournament run, and they did. He's completely turned over his roster. If you look at the roster top to bottom, that is one that you can win games with in the SEC, and he did it in a year. It's recruiting guys that Ole Miss hasn't consistently been in on in the past. There, there's an energy in that program. And then he brings in Marshall Henderson, the most popular player to ever play at Ole Miss. This is exclusively good. I know that you guys have been burned in the past, and that there's that we are Ole Miss thing that Ross Bjork tried to get rid of, and that was a futile effort because that's never going away. But... This is nothing but good, man. A guy that a guy that brings that kind of energy and passion to the game of basketball, who brings national attention to your program, who genuinely loves your school, clearly loves your school. There is nothing wrong or bad about this, man. Um, you guys should be excited. And I know most of you are. Uh, almost everybody is. But this is nothing but good. And as I sit here and record this, uh, Matt Norlander uh, shares... Uh, a link to his podcast. He's with CBS, and they do uh, Eye on College Basketball Podcast is what it's called. And every time they publish the podcast, they put four pictures uh, to kind of tease what the podcast is about. And two of the four are about Marshall Henderson. So on August 26th, CBS, on their college basketball podcast, is talking about Ole Miss. Just throwing that out there. And, of course, one of them is always the Jersey Pop. Everybody loves the Jersey Pop gif, and, and how could you not, right? And that old man still wears that orange pullover to basically every game. Um, but the thing about that, if I remember this correctly, now it's been a long time, obviously, since that game, but if I remember this correctly, um, there's a reason he did that, beyond just him being you know, himself. If I remember correctly... That was a game in which his sister attended. Now, I, I could be wrong, but I think this is how I remember it. And the entire game, I know this happened. The entire game, the Auburn students were on him, based on what I'm told, and what you could hear on television sometimes, harder than any student section has ever been on a player, ever. I'm talking like vile, 
nasty kind of stuff that that should be off limits when it comes to heckling college basketball players. Like I stood in a student section, I heckled college basketball players. I did it in the outfield as well. Like it, you, you can go places and it be okay. And then there's a line that you just don't cross. And Auburn students, if I remember this correctly, constantly, all night long, were crossing a line. Taking it too far. Like, to the point where it should have been shut down. I Like, I love student sections and the heckling, and, and I think it can be good and funny and, and impact the game sometimes. Truly. But there's a line. And if I remember this correctly, they, they crossed the line for... For two halves. And Marshall Henderson that night heard more than players have heard in a long time from a student section. And so he hits those two free throws to win the game, and he went and shoved it back in their face. So everybody just talked it up to, oh, that's crazy Henderson. But from what I'm told from people that were there, if you were in his position, you would have done more even. Like, somebody told me that, if you can believe it, the jersey pop was him showing restraint based on what was yelled at him. I mean, and you can see the guys in the picture, too. I mean, the way they're acting. But apparently it was all night. And worse than anybody's ever heard. You could hear it some on TV, too, if you want to go back and watch that game. I mean, so, sometimes the, the dump button didn't get hit. But if I understand it, if I remember it correctly, that was the game where everything, the the line was really crossed. And he shoved it right back in their face. And it's it's a hilarious gift for every reason, but when you when you realize that that was after he sealed the game with two clutch free throws to beat Auburn, after all night they were riding him and crossing the line with their heckling, uh, then it makes it even sweeter. But that's just, uh, that's just me. He was electric though, wasn't he? I mean, and, and sometimes he shot you out of games. Sometimes he did, but like that SEC championship game, when he hit that three and then did the gator chomp with like six minutes left, I know people at the time called it stupid and I probably would have as well, but I think everybody deep down, even Florida knew, even though the game was close for the rest of the game and Florida actually had a shot at the buzzer to tie, I think you knew Ole Miss was winning that game right there. I mean, that's the kind of the mentality that a dude like that brings to... It's like Jake Mangum at Mississippi State. And I know you guys don't like him, but you you know, you can agree with this, you know that that it felt like when Mangum was up and they needed a hit, he delivered it. He just had that mentality, that that swagger about him where when Mangum was up, it it felt different. When Marshall did that gator chomp, it's like you knew that, oh, okay, they're winning that game now. He's got this. he's, He's got it. That's kind of how it felt. And, of course, they win the SEC championship, and then they go and beat Wisconsin, and that game was a lot of fun to watch, too. Uh, talk about contrasting styles. Uh, Wisconsin uh, was, was big, physical, measured, slow. And it was one of the best programs in the country. I mean, it, what was it, a 12-5 upset, right? Ole Miss was the 12. And Ole Miss was more athletic than Wisconsin. I mean, I talked about it going into the game. Is I even uh, had a little money on that one. Um, Ole Miss was going to be able to outrun Wisconsin. And the 12-5 is pretty common anyway, but Ole Miss was more athletic. And then when, once Henderson got going in the second half, I mean, it was over. Yeah, that was so much fun. And I know there's been good 
Of course, there's been great guards before Henderson and after. But that kind of confidence and swagger and electricity hasn't been replicated yet. I mean, it's still hard to believe that that was Ole Miss basketball, considering the history of the program. They don't have any, you know? Not really. And he was a national story on a nightly basis. People around the country wanted to watch Ole Miss basketball, and that is just not something that you can say with any other player, really. Um, he brought that. Ole Miss needs more guys like him. I think you've got coaches that are recruiting guys like him. But uh, anyway, really good stuff. I, I think that's awesome. I, I, mean, I saw, who was it, Bunky Perkins uh, on Twitter yesterday said all they need is Swag Kelly. Uh, I mean, you've got... You got Lane Kiffin, you got Marshall Henderson back. Just find a way to get Chad Kelly on the football coaching staff, and you're going to have a good time. Oh, man. Uh, th- this is not your grandfather's old Miss, man. It's, it's so different. I mean, it's different than um, when I enrolled in school in the fall of 2010. I mean, in just 10 years, so much has changed, and, and I think it's for the better. There's a, a mentality shift going on there right now in athletics. I think. I think. And maybe I'm wrong. But uh, with Keith Carter's hiring and the way he's gone about his first few months, honestly, on the job, has been really impressive. And even though he was a homegrown guy, and a lot of fans uh, were, were weary of that, and I was critical of that. I mean, it felt like nepotism was running rampant. It's just, oh, you got to get an old Miss guy. We got to. We got to support Matt Luke because he's an old Miss guy, and that's why people wanted him to be the coach. Is really only because that's what his background is. And Keith Carter has has really, I mean, reversed that line of thinking. He is acting like he's not comfortable with how Ole Miss is. That's how he's acting. That's why he fires Matt Luke. wasn't popular locally. Still isn't, apparently. But that's why he did that. Because he's not he wasn't comfortable with what Ole Miss and how Ole Miss was handling itself. It's different now. It feels different. The way people up there talk, when you talk to them, it feels different. Um so we'll see if that actually comes to fruition. I mean, that's just a feeling. I mean, who knows if it's real? I'm just being honest with you. It feels to me that they're going about their business differently than before. Maybe it turns into something great. Maybe it doesn't. I I don't know. But their approach has changed. And if you're a fan, you love to see it. Speaking of things as a fan you should love to see, Ole Miss uh, on the recruiting front uh, got a ratings bump. Just one player, but this is why I've been preaching about context with you. When it comes to recruiting classes, I've been preaching context. And here's why I've been preaching context. Uh, a commitment to Ole Miss's current recruiting class, Kenrich Breedlove. He's a defensive back out of Nashville, Tennessee. Another player that Ole Miss is getting from out of state in a hotly recruited place, just for the record. Uh, got a ratings bump. At least according to rivals, uh, he has gone from a three-star to a four-star player. It's just one guy, uh, but I think, it again, it, it backs up what I've been telling you for a long time. Talking about 
recruiting rankings, negatively or positively, without context, is a stupid thing to do when it's July and August, especially during COVID and and all of this stuff. It's a stupid thing to do. And with just this ratings bump, Ole Miss now is the number 22 class in the country. According to average star rating, which is what I've been talking to you about so much. Average star rating at this time of year when classes aren't full is what you should look at. Average star rating. Ole Miss is 22nd in the country and 7th in the SEC. 3.25 average with three four stars in the class. Still have the fewest number of commits in the SEC. And they're 7th in the league. With COVID, inability to visit, you can't can't bring in visitors. I know guys, some guys have done it unofficially, like Arch Manning was in Oxford recently. Um, but you can't bring in official visitors. Didn't have a spring. All the stuff that I've covered with you guys extensively. Even with all of that against you, it's still the number seven class in the SEC in year one with all that stuff against you. And a the number 22 class in the country in terms of average star rating. That's why you don't talk about recruiting rankings in the summer. Unless you apply context, which I have done. Just another example. Also, Ole Miss is apparently evaluated well. I mean, this kid's offer sheet was was spectacular. Um, so him being a three-star was kind of a mystery, but it shows that they have, they're evaluating well, even in spite of the limitations on it. I just thought that was worth noting for you. Um, cons- all the... Factors considered right now, they are building, quietly building a really nice recruiting class. Just, you know, something uh, to note. Speaking of recruiting, uh, I teased this at the very beginning. Um, Ed Orgeron. We're going to talk about LSU a little bit on this podcast, but we'll, we'll start with the recruiting thing. Ed Orgeron uh, is not happy about uh, apparent rules violations going on with other schools uh, in the SEC. Currently, right now, they are in a dead period. Current NCAA rules prevent any official visits or in-person contact until at least October 1st because of COVID. Recruits, however, can go visit on their own. Unofficial visitors cannot be stopped. They cannot be arranged or paid for by the schools, but players can certainly do that and check out the town if they want to. I think Ole Miss had um, a quarterback. Not Arch Manning. He also was in town, and he brought a receiver with him. Um, But another quarterback visited unofficially, just went and uh, checked out the town. And you've seen it other places. At Georgia, they've had a handful of players unofficially visit and hang out. And apparently, Ed Orgeron is not happy about these unofficial visits. He said, quote, we have not done that. Obviously, we want to... (laughs) Obviously, we want to follow the rules, he said. I'm not going to comment on other stuff. Let's see how the NCAA handles it, but I think it's getting, it's pushing the line a little bit, but we'll see. <laughs> Obviously, we want to follow the rules. Uh, I wonder if he remembers when he didn't follow the rules when there was a particular quarterback uh, that a lot of people wanted. That was at Ole Miss that ended up transferring to Michigan. But, you know, that's just speculation. Um, This is a joke. 
and this is a joke, it's rich coming from that place. I mean, they currently have a guy sitting, I think he's in prison, uh, for using a hospital charity to funnel money to uh, recruits and their families or players and their families. And literally after you won the national championship, Odell Beckham Jr. was handing out money to your players on the field. But you want to talk about how, how you follow the rules and, and others don't and the NCAA should step in. I mean, give me a break. Give me a break. But the media eats this stuff up. It's so dishonest sometimes. I don't get, especially college football media, and I think in part it's because if they do speak out about stuff like this, if they do call call it out for what it is, which is hypocrisy, uh, their access will get taken away, and they won't get to sit up in the, the cushy press box and get all these cute little interviews with the goofy guy with the accent. Uh, and so they're afraid of calling stuff like this out. It's not just LSU, it's everybody calling this stuff out for for its BS. Uh, um, I don't know why people aren't more willing to do that. I think it's an access thing that they're afraid that they're going to get their access pulled or whatever, but this needs to be called out because this is ridiculous. But nobody's willing to do it, and I don't understand. I mean, I guess they're afraid of getting hate online or something, but... College football recruiting, it's all about breaking the rules. That's all anybody does. And and this is a program, a football program, that according to Pat Forty in a story last night, is dealing with a football situation in which the head coach had illegal contact with a recruit. And they have the gall to say this. And nobody really calls it out. It's bizarre. It's absolutely bizarre to me. Before we get to the Will Wade thing, I do want to play this audio for you. Kind of bouncing around a little bit. I, I hope you understand. Uh, Keydron Smith. Uh, he spoke to the media yesterday, Ole Miss defensive back. And I, like I've told you, I'm not going to play you all the player interviews. It, there's usually not a lot of substance uh, to them. Uh, but Keydron said a couple of things. One, uh, talking about the quarterbacks. Um, but it was kind of funny. He he said he has to go talk to Lane Kiffin because Kiffin keeps telling the media that the offense is beating the defense, and he doesn't like that. But... Uh, he seemed like a bright kid, uh, gave good answers. Uh, I wish you could see the video, of course, because yeah, his facial expressions were, were funny. Seems like a good kid, and because of that, I wanted to play this for you. Uh, so here he is, uh, Keydron Smith, Ole Miss defensive back. Uh, just a couple of minutes uh, meeting with the local media there on Zoom, of course, uh, after a recent practice. Adrian, Coach Kiffin just said a few minutes ago that y'all are kind of missing some bodies in the DB room. Just how thin is it right now and what's kind of working and not with the guys who are there? Ooh, it's, it's pretty thin. It's pretty thin, but uh, we're, we're managing it. Uh, we just got to step up. You know, a lot of us taking a lot of reps, getting back-to-back reps. So, it, I mean, we just got to take what we got. You know, it's, it's, it's a detrimental time right now, but we're, we're pushing through it. Go ahead, Ben. Yeah, Keydron, um, the scrimmage on Saturday Lane mentioned how the offense got the better of the defense more often than not. Um, what what really went into that scrimmage for you guys? What was your kind of vantage point as, as far as um, how y'all performed defensively? I mean, the, I mean, when the refs are on the offensive side, ain't much you could do. But, you know, we ain't going to really talk about that. But we did what we could, you know. Offense moving pretty fast. Um, but I, overall, I think we – we did pretty good as a team. It's just our effort could have been a lot better. I mean, some of the things that the offense took advantage of was more on us. It wasn't them just getting execution. We we weren't in the right spots. Go ahead, Joe. 
Yeah, Keyshawn, uh, when you mentioned the, uh, you know, the low numbers, um, in a weird way, does it kind of help you guys? Because you are, you are getting more reps, uh, you know, looking at offense and, and more reps and chances to execute. Uh, it helps us, and then it's also a downfall because the, as practice go, progresses, you know, we start to get a little more tired, and then our eyes start to go everywhere. You know, you're not more focusing on your technique. So, I mean, we just got to – it helps us because, you know, you never know what's going to happen during the season. So, we got to be ready, and we're pre- preparing for that. So, I mean, it's a win-win. Go ahead, Nate. Kedron, Coach Kiffin said Matt Corral had a pretty big day on Saturday. What was what was he doing well throwing the football? I need to talk to Coach Kiffin. I need to talk to Coach Kiffin. But, um, <laughs> hey, Matt's getting a lot better. He's doing a lot better. I feel like he's more confident in the pocket. You know, I'm always talking to him and everything. So, But he's doing pretty good throughout camp. All right, Neil. Uh, Keydron, I was going to ask you about quarterbacks, too, so I'll, I'll switch gears a little bit. What have you seen out of uh, the running backs, especially the, the new guys, uh, Henry Parrish in particular? Oh, running backs got a good rotation. Running backs got a good rotation. You know, Snoop, two freshmen, it is, it, they're doing good. They're doing real good. I like, I like it. Go ahead, Ben. Um, yeah, Keydron, uh, the defensive line, there's a lot of focus on that because of the numbers y'all, y'all lost. Who's kind of stepped up? There's been a lot of mission of Brandon Mack. Um, is he one of those guys and just other guys that you've seen defensive line-wise that have stepped up? Because very, he's very, been very good. Uh, he stepped it up, filling the shoes, uh, pass rush. And then Clowney, as a freshman, he's showing some very good things, pass rushing too. But I think Ryder – has stepped up as a leader, leadership being a senior out there, and Tiz following in his footsteps also. And then PJ and Ladarius Cox, they're also stepping up too. We'll go back to Nick. Other than you and Jalen, just who, kind of who's standing out with the corners right now as you guys are kind of moving the pieces in fall? We're still figuring that out, but Jamar Richardson, he, he, he's really stepping up, you know, uh, with his things that he had to go through last year. So, I would say him stepping up at the corner group and then uh, Jalen Jordan in the safety group and A.J. Finley, they, they're really stepping up. But A.J., you know, A.J.'s missing out right now. But Jalen Jordan has really stepped up, moving from corner to safety. So it, it's very been very good. And again, that was Keyshawn Smith, uh, defensive back for Ole Miss. And a couple of things that stood out, the first one being uh, the running back room. I've told you on this show that this is, at least from pure talent, we'll see about production, uh, the most talented uh, the running back room has been since Deuce McAllister has been on campus. Uh, I firmly believe that. And uh, to hear that even with Ely and Connor, that Henry Parrish is in line to get some playing time shows you how impressive uh, he's been early on in camp. And then that thing about Corral, as far as his ability to to stand in the pocket and throw the ball, that he looks more comfortable in the pocket, that's a huge deal for him. That was one of his issues. And if he's got that cleaned up, uh, then and that's a, a really great sign for Ole Miss. So again, that was Keydron Smith. Uh, I, I just I liked him, and so I wanted to play that for you. I thought uh, thought he seemed like a bright kid, and uh, figured you guys would want to hear that as well. But finally, this story it broke uh, just after I hit record this morning. This is from Mark Slayball at ESPN. Headline. LSU coach Will Wade, part of impermissible payments to potential recruits and others. Some of this will sound familiar to you. 
the NCAA is using players that did not go to LSU as their source of information. So here's what Slaybaugh says. The NCAA says LSU men's basketball coach Will Wade either arranged for or offered impermissible payments to at least 10 or 11 potential recruits or others around them, according to documents obtained by ESPN on Wednesday. The documents say the NCAA's enforcement staff received information that Wade arranged for, offered, and or provided impermissible payments, including cash payments, to at least 11 men's basketball prospective student-athletes and their family members, individuals associated with the prospects, or non-scholastic coaches in exchange for their enrollment at LSU. The allegations were included in the NCAA's enfor- NCAA enforcement staff's request that its infractions case involving LSU men's basketball be adjudicated through the Independent Accountability Resolution Process, which was created to handle cases like this one. That was created relatively recently. In a letter uh, from last month, the NCAA Vice President of Enforcement, John Duncan, wrote that the case satisfies at least five of the seven factors for referring it to that uh, independent enforcement arm. Duncan wrote in this letter, many of those factors are triggered by the actions of Will Wade, head men's basketball coach at LSU. Some of his underlying actions gave rise to this case and the tactics during the investigation have delayed resolution dramatically. He is employed in a leadership position at LSU, yet the institution has been unable to secure his full cooperation and is accountable for his behavior. Yeah, if you remember, everybody thought Will Wade was a boss for basically saying, uh, prove it, and he wouldn't say a word. Well, now that's going to come back to bite them. Uh, The story mentions uh, that documentary that HBO ran where you could hear the audio of Will Wade talking about the strong-ass offer uh, that he gave to a high-profile recruit. You could hear that audio on the documentary. If you feel like hearing it, just Google it, and you can find the cut instead of having to watch uh, the entire thing. Wade was suspended and then reinstated uh, for a very short time, and here we go. This also falls in line with uh, a report from Pat Forty last night uh, talking about the intertwining of LSU's basketball investigation with a, a current investigation going on in football, and how uh, the basketball investigation uh, could make the football one worse apparently they are being investigated for the our lady of the lake thing um dollars were given to the father of an offensive lineman and money that was from the booster who admitted that he embezzled money from the hospital They're also apparently investigating Odell Beckham's cash payments. Uh, Duncan, the investigator, characterized the $2,000 in payments as a level three, but Laramie Tunsil's stepdad getting $800 was a level one. But anyway. And also the aforementioned impermissible contact from Ed Orgeron that happened back in January of 2019. The school self-imposed recruiting restrictions on him, and yet he says they... Uh, play by the rules. Anyway, uh, so we'll see where that goes. I, I still think that uh, they're made of Teflon. I will believe it when I see it, but um, that seems pretty damning uh, that five of the seven uh, things um, 
that were needed, and they only needed one to to push it to that committee, and they they met five of them, and yeah, this isn't good, but we'll see. It certainly helps that a former chancellor of the university is now the head of the NCAA, and um, anyway, anyway, that's a road that I don't feel like going down today. Uh, last thing for you, and this is something that uh, I haven't really put much thought in until I saw an article about uh, Dan Mullen in Florida having what they're describing as a full roster for camp. Um, the crowd noise thing. You've seen it in NBA games and Major League Baseball games, but that's because no fans are allowed in the stadium. To me, I, I can't get on board, and this is just my opinion, I can't get on board with crowd noise, like artificial crowd noise being pumped into a game in which there are people in attendance. I know it's fewer people, but there still is people in attendance at, at every SEC game. 25% is not going to be near as loud, but you have a crowd, their noise should be the noise. I don't think you should allow LSU or Alabama to pump in crowd noise when they've got people there. Same thing with Ole Miss and Mississippi State and anybody. I don't think you should be allowed to pump in crowd noise when there's a crowd there. I know the Atlanta Falcons do that, but that's the problem. There's no crowd there. They've sucked so bad for so long, people stop showing up. More people go to their soccer games than they do... Falcons games. <laughs> but I'm not on board with that. I think it's a bad idea, and, and, and it shouldn't happen. If there are fans there, you should not be pumping in artificial crowd noise. That is just just my opinion. So, uh, sorry for bouncing around a lot today. That was uh, all over the place, but um, just a lot of stuff to cover. And so I appreciate you guys listening, as always. I really do. Uh, you guys are the best. And uh, don't forget to subscribe. To the podcast, it'll auto-populate to your phone three times a week as we hit record here. And uh, leave a rating and a review. Don't forget to go by LBs and tell Greg we sent you. Follow me on Twitter at Michael Borky. And have a great and safe week for those of you in Louisiana and uh, East Texas. Please, please be safe. Uh, this thing looks like a, uh, a bear. It really does. So, anyway, be safe. Have a great rest of your week. And I will talk to you again on Friday. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.